Hi folks, this is Gabriel, Silver Bill, Part 3. Merry Christmas. The one thing we agreed on was not to start singing on our block because once again my mother had ingrained in us in our little heads that the neighbors find out and they would separate us. We would never see each other again. So we started at the same house I saw across from Slim's house. I knew they were good for money. (laughs) Oh boy. So we started there. Slim went home, of course, and we began to sing for our tree. When we walked up, we knew what songs we were going to sing and we knew what to do. We put the two littlest of us in front. And my younger sister and I stayed in back. Then the youngest sister ran up, rang the doorbell with the cup, and ran back to get in her position. She was the cutest and the youngest. Give her the cup with big blue eyes and hair brown hair. She looked like a little doll. So we sang all four songs. And guess what? We were terrible. I just think they took pity on us and gave us like a quarter to get us out of there. And on to the next house, just like trick and treat. We thought, how pitiful we must have looked. But we were proud of who we were and what we had gone through up until now. And we kept our eye on the prize. We wanted our tree. Nowadays, if you saw us singing at your front door, I'm sure a Karen would call the police or DCFS or something. You couldn't do that nowadays. People are different. This went on for like two blocks. And little snot was running down our noses, from our noses, you know. And we kept wiping them with our sleeves and our dirty socks, a.k.a. gloves. My next younger sister was keeping count of everything we had. And we had passed the tree lot that was on the block over on the busy street. But we had to make sure we had enough. We finally realized how 
it was what time it was getting. We had like $6.45, and the tree back then was $7 for the littlest one. That same tree nowadays would go for, I don't know, 40 or $50. But back then, $7. We were a quarter away from our total. And but there was only it was like five minutes to five. So we ran as fast as we could back down the block and the block over to the busy street where the tree tree lot was temporary, you know how they do. This was Christmas Eve and five PM and they were loading up the truck to take the trees back to wherever they took them. You know, we were terrified when a dirty-looking man came up to us and said, Yeah, can I help you? We all looked up at him. Oh, my God, what do we do now? Then my sister that got hit by the car, you'll find out in a different episode, started out with a rendition of, we've been going around singing, and we've come up with this money, and we're a quarter shy. Can you please give us a tree? I don't think he understood. She was talking so fast and she was had snot coming down from her nose, and she was trying to wipe wipe it away. And we have six dollars and forty five cents. And then she just got so emotional that tears started coming out of her eyes, freezing on her face. It was so cold with the wind chill factor in Chicago land that year that she had a trail of tears. It gets cold. It was probably zero degrees Fahrenheit. By that time, the sun was down. It was 5 o'clock. And, you know, the sun goes down at 3.30. And so... She just was beside herself. I had never seen her like that. The more she talked, the more emotional she got. The more she started to cry. You could tell this man was hardened by life. He didn't care about a bunch of little ragamuffin kids coming to for a tree. But... We must have looked so pitiful, and we weren't leaving. Folks, we weren't leaving without that tree. That he knew we weren't run-of-the-mill kids from around this neighborhood. We lived in the poor section. Finally, my same sister went through the same rendition Again, <laughs> and 
of how we got to this point. She was so cute. Anyways, it must have been a Christmas miracle or he could tell we weren't leaving. And honest to goodness, we probably all were going to start crying by then. We were tired. That's all I can say because there was a softness that came over him. No kidding. In his own way, I think he was touched. He grabbed the tree, a tree closest to him and said, Here, take this one. We handed them the cup of change and he didn't even count it. And as hard as we worked for it, he just poured it into his front pocket and said, Now, get out of here before I change my mind. We grabbed the base of that tree and thanked him. and We were thanking him all the way until we disappeared around the corner from where the tree lot was. Then... We just started giggling and carried on. We had a tree. We had a tree. We were just dragging it down the sidewalk all the way to our house. Now, remember, we only had to go two blocks. But by the time we got about a half a block, that tree started getting heavy. And I'm yelling at the girls, come on, come on. We can do this. Come on. We have a tree. Let's go. It's Christmas Eve. We stopped. Not realizing how cold we were and how long we had been exposed to the freezing temperatures. But We were so cold and shivering and tired and weak from no food. I sent my sister that had talked to the man and and talked to him into it, really. She really did. I sent her to Slim's house, which was only about five houses away, while my next youngest sister... And I struggled dragging that thing down the sidewalk. I told her, you tell Slim to come now. I need his help now. We have a tree, tell him. And I need him to help me drag it the rest of the way home. And my next youngest sister said, we can do it. And I said, no, we're exhausted. We need him. You and I could take one side and Slim can take the other. (gasps) That's a good idea, she thought. I wasn't born yesterday. I was born like 12 years before that. Anyways, by the time we made it to Slim's house, no, He was walking out the door finally. Now, Slim was so heavy that even back then, 
he would wear like a flimsy jacket that you would wear in the uh, fall. And he would wear that, and he still would sweat. He said, Bob, I was eating dinner. And I replied, shut up and help me, Slim. Help us. I can't do this alone. And these girls are tired, okay? And he fell in line. He grabbed one side of the tree, uh, the base of the tree, and then my sister and I grabbed the other side, and off we went home to my house. And it was only a block away, but it was a long block. Slib lived in the town, and the town that we lived in was just across the street from Slim's house. It was, like, south of him. And, yeah, we lived on the other side of the tracks, but it was a street. He had sidewalks. We didn't. One block. One block. So let me explain Slim lived in the third house from the, the our the street that made us divided us, and once you cross that street, you were in a different town. That's how Chicago is. You better know what town you're in. And like I said, no sidewalks. He lived in the wealthier part of town, and we lived in countryside of the town. So we went down the middle of the street, dragging that tree all the way home. We lived at the end of the block, you know, where the grocery store, behind the grocery store on the left-hand side. So it was no big deal. Once we dragged the tree into the house, We had an argument about where we were going to put it. You know, that's what kids do. They argue. I said, being the oldest and the biggest besides Slim, well, you can put it by the fireplace. And my younger sister said, let's put it on the side where the two windows are. On either side of the fireplace, there were two windows that created a corner. So we put it on the far end of the front room, on the side of the fireplace. We just laid it there up against the fireplace, which was made of ugly rock. Ugly. It was ugly. How ugly was it? No. It was just sitting there leaning on this massive fireplace. So my younger sister came up with an idea. Use one of the wood crates we were going to burn for heat, she said. Those wooden crates, she stuck it, the base of the tree, into the square slot closest to the middle of the crate. That's 
what they were using at the tree lot. That's how she got the idea. And she had remembered. So we did that. And the tree kind of stood up and was leaning. We put it against the windows far as we could get from the fire just in case. We didn't care about the curtains. We just didn't want to have a fire. We had a tree. And it kind of propped up against the two windows in the corner. The problem now was we didn't have any ornaments. We had this gorgeous tree, gorgeous. And again, my sisters to the rescue. We had cups, styrofoam cups that you used for coffee or Kool-Aid back then. We really didn't have cups or plates and stuff like that. My stepfather made sure he took all that with him. He wasn't punishing us. He was punishing her, you know, my mom. But my mother had brought some home from one of her jobs, these styrofoam cups. And so we had those to drink out of. And we had to wash them, uh, so we would still have, but it's Christmas, and we need them. But what to do? We just kind of set them on the branches. Well, we didn't, we did that, and then somebody else came up with an idea We need to hang those. My youngest sister, the one that got hit by the car, had long blonde hair at the time. And my mother would curl it like Heidi in, um, what's that, Shirley Temple? And curl it like that. And then put red ribbons in it. She had piercing blue eyes and blonde, blonde hair, and then with the red ribbons in her hair. When we had a stepfather, you know, he, he she would dress my sister up. So that spool of ribbon was just sitting there, and believe me, we wouldn't ever use it again. My sister was beyond that at that point. Um, So obviously, we went through all the drawers, even my mother's drawers. We loved, while she wasn't home, we loved going through her top drawer, her junk drawer. Don't tell her nobody. I don't even think she knows to this day. But we know, and you guys know now. So if you say anything, I'll know you said it. And you and I are going to have a conversation. Anyways, back to the story. I'm getting offline here. There wasn't anything bad in there. It was just my mother's. And we could smell her and look at her things. And we just would do that to pass time away. 
sometimes. Or we would go through her drawers in the bottom drawers to see if maybe she hid some money somewhere so we could eat. Then it became a ritual. Just then, my younger sister thought of the ribbons. Oh, so what we did was we poked a hole in the bottom of those styrofoam cups and then put a little ribbon through there, cut it up, put a ribbon in there, and tied a knot just enough, and we pulled it back up. So now we have a white styrofoam cup with a beautiful piece of red ribbon. Now we have something to put on through the branch of the tree, a Christmas tree. And then then we hung them all up. There was still something missing. We all had these white cups hanging all on the tree. It didn't look like Christmas. And we marveled at it, though. But don't get me wrong. It just didn't look Christmassy enough. The red ribbon was a good touch, but there was something missing. I'm telling you. So we went through the house again, and once again, one of my sisters came up with an awesome idea, just awesome. Oh, what what if we wrap this tinfoil that she had brought into the front room, you know, the old uh, Reynolds aluminum tinfoil? We weren't going to use it for nothing. She said, why don't we wrap them? It'll look pretty. And I said, sure, let's try it. It was gorgeous. We had the fire going. Slim was working on that with whatever little wood we had left from garbage picking. The fire... We had learned to keep the fire small. And the tree was so gorgeous. It was probably a six-foot tree. To us, it was gigantic. And we just stood there, honest to goodness, marveling at it. We didn't care if we were hungry or exhausted or cold. We didn't care. We had a Christmas tree. Well, we never forgot that night, not one of us. And to this day, our grandchildren, our children, know the story of the silver bell. Ask any of them. They'll tell you, and they'll tell you the story. And, of course, they don't sit, tell the story with such vigor because they didn't live it but there's always one bell on each of our trees and we never ever forgot where we came from 
and how far we had come. And we're still to this day a family. Even after all we've been through, we are a family. And we would teach our children after we would go Christmas shopping at the end, they pick out something they want. And each one of the kids got to wrap the as beautiful as they could. And then we'd go driving to areas that I knew. And we would give each one of the girls, I had three girls, they would give a present. And they would look and find the little girl or the little boy that they thought. And they knew because we had been doing it since they were babies. And they knew we are family. Merry Christmas. Please be quiet. I'm trying to do a podcast down here. (laughs) 